Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Outside the Sheds. Wow, Shedheads, I was just watching the end of the double overtime Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, NBA playoff game. And uh, if you want to talk about two teams that left it all out on the floor, now these boys have to play a game seven. That was pretty incredible to watch. And congratulations to the Raptors for pulling that one out. Uh, they really didn't look like they had it a couple of times. And a lot of fun, a lot of fun there. But enough about the NBA right now. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But what we're going to talk about today, as you know, is a little footy from down under. But um, I want to also start off today by thanking a good friend of mine. Uh, You heard the introduction by the great David Lindsay. I want to tell you folks, David Lindsay might be one of the most energetic individuals I've ever met in my entire life, and it's all straight positive energy. Um, And that's probably why the man is a motivational speaker, And and I really challenge all of you some really trying times we're going through out here uh, now with the old COVID. But um, this guy you can get it in touch with at David Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y dot com dot A-U. Um, and definitely look him up because I met David when I was down under doing a shark expedition. Um, shout out to Rodney Fox. But um, it was a good time. But it was even better because David... And his uh, incredible wife, who was also on the trip with us, um, she's, a, she's kind of a celebrity too, which we'll talk about some other time. But um, anyway, uh, definitely give David a check, um, give him a look out and, and give him some positive energy back because he'll definitely match it then by 10. But uh, wow, you know, where do we go? Where do we start with this? You know, we could start a lot of areas right now because... You know, both seasons are, are, are now winding down. We're getting ready to head into the playoffs in both the NRL and the AFL. And, and it looks like an all-sport, really, because, you know, even over here stateside, the NBA is is getting ready to come to the finals, and Major League Baseball has got a short season. Um, I guess the only buddy's just not on board about quitting right now is the NFL and college football, because they're just starting. But I really want to start today, like we've talked about earlier, um, about just some of the big stories that are going on in the in the changing landscape of of the game, um, especially in the NRL. I think I'll tell you one thing I would never want to do, and I'll stay on this side of the microphone anytime possible, and that's to be a coach, uh, professional coach. Um, and and um, one of the things that is one of my top forty twenties this week, and and like we we discussed on that intro that I did earlier, forty twenties are our big stories, our big changing points uh, in the landscape that we're talking about, but is the coaching carousel. Um, it, it is it is incredible how quick a coach can go from being somebody that I guess a franchise thinks might be the, the person that's going to lead them to the next realm um, to being a guy that we can't get kicked out the door any quicker. And that is that always baffles me that a guy can go from somebody that, you know, has the entire locker room or sheds to somebody who really looks like they just lost the heartbeat of their team. And one of the things now in the coaching carousel are these new coaches that are coming in their spots. I'm saying, you know, I, you know, I want to go back to, again, 
as we talk about coaches, incredible coaching jobs, and, and that is, to me, the number one coach this year. And I know, you know, a lot of people can say some of these coaches, you know, Robbo uh, with the Roosters, um, Wayne Bennett's again doing a good job uh, with South Sydney, even though it's going to be tough with Latrell going down. But Todd Payton, the job that man has done with the New Zealand Warriors, a team that really, you know, I think we all think we're t- doing it tough right now, but none of us have really had to leave our home, leave our families. But the Warriors have had to relocate up in Tamworth for the beginning of the season and have not gone home and have played the entire season kind of like vagabonds out of another country. Fire their coach early in the season. And Todd Payton jumps into a, a position where I know a lot of coaches would say, are you kidding me? Uh, or are you kidding me, Mike? I wouldn't take that job. But he took this on. And, you know, besides him looking like Jason Momoa without hair, the guy has just instilled a fight in the, in the Warriors. So much so that if it wasn't for a heartbreaking loss uh, this weekend to Parramatta, you know, the, the the Warriors are knocking on the doorstep of the top eight. Um, unfortunately, that, that, that loss to Parramatta this week, a hard-fought loss, by the way, by the way um, it really showed you everything that the Warriors have really put into this season. But going back to that coaching carousel, um, the Warriors tried to offer Todd Payton the job, and, and Payton, because of family reasons, um, did not want to stay long-term in New Zealand. And my God, he's fallen into the lap of the North Queensland Cowboys. And I'm going to tell you something, uh, Cowboy Nation. You guys have yourself a coach. you got a great spine. I think that you've just got to find somebody to get them to mesh. But, you know, you've got Jake Clifford. You've, you've got Drinkwater, Michael Morgan, Val Holmes is back there. Um, you just got to find the spine that actually clicks. But, 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 but you know, the, 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 one of the things we always say are straight guns. Every single one of those guys are straight players. And on their, on their, on their best day, I'm saying, look, Val, Val Holmes just won a Golden Point match this weekend. Congratulations, Cowboy Nation. Your first victory in nine games. But again, Val led them to, you know, a, a Golden Point kick and, and it was good to see for him because the guy came stateside here, came to America, tried to play with the Jets for a little bit, and has now come back to New Zealand, excuse me, to uh, Australia and to the NRL. And and he's had it tough. He's had injuries this season, but to see a smile back on that guy's face and to see Moose and the rest of the guys up there in North Queensland get behind a victory, and um, I, I, ho- I hope Moose is recovered from those uh, tr- those those triple X golds that he was going to drink after the victory, but. It was good to see. But back to, to, to Coach Payton, um, this guy's going to come in here and, and really, I think, re-energize North Queensland, give a different type of voice um, to the Sheds. Um, and I think that we're going to see some good things next year from the Cowboys. I just think this this was a wash year, you know, with, with, with Michael Morgan going down and injuries and Val and a lot of guys. I think North Queensland will really rebound next year, and, 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 and I think Coach Payton's going to be a major reason about that. Um Again, going in the coaching carousel, my other coach now is the Dragons have actually given their job or hired Anthony Griffin to take over next season. And 
Gus Gould, it sounds like, wasn't too much of a fan of this. Now, I'm a big fan of Gus, and, and if you want to look Gus up, he's got his own podcast. Just listen to mine first before his. But um, Gus Gus is a very influential character in the NRA, NRL uh, world, uh, the world of rugby league. And it sounds like Gus was making it really tough for Anthony Griffin, even though the Dragons still said, this is our guy to go forward with. Um, I think Griffin really got the raw end of the deal towards the end up over in over in um over in Penrith. He he had those guys playing well. They looked like they were gonna go into the final strong. And for whatever reason, it, and it's kind of been quiet of 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 the demise of it, but Gus and the powers that be over in Penrith just said no and and yanked the job from the guy. And it sounds like a 40-year friendship has now been washed away. And not a lot of people know why. I don't know if 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 Anthony just didn't mesh with some of Gus's philosophy, or if Gus didn't like the way that Anthony was actually coaching um, the boys in Penrith. But like I like I like I remember, they were doing quite well with Anthony Griffin, and and after they got rid of him, their season kind of did not end the way that it looked like it was going to finish about halfway through it. So. Um, now the Dragons go forward with Anthony Griffin, and, and, and there's a lot of questions, speaking of spines, like we were just talking about, that Todd Payton is, is getting ready to um, fall into his lap with North Queensland. There's a lot of questions going forward at St. George, what they're going to do with their spine. And, and I, you know, they've got some big money players, Corey Norman's there, um, and I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people think they're riding on the walls for Corey, you know, is on the wall, wall, excuse me, for Corey, but... You know, they just got a lot of players that they just don't really know what they're going to do. And I think of, of, of these two jobs that we're talking about right now, um, I definitely think Todd Payton's got the easier of the jobs um, because there's a lot of rebuilding that I think is going to have to go down in St. George. And, you know, Ben Hunt, you know, the guy wants to be a halfback. He looks better at dummy half every time he plays. And every time they move him around – uh, it seems like the team takes a, a a step backwards, and they really can't seem to 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 go and fire on all syllables and all on all cylinders, and and that's it's kind of you know when when Ben came down from Brisbane, uh, he came down on some pretty big money, and a lot of people thought that St George really got a steal, and that this guy was going to just fire on and take their halfbacks um, in 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 a, in a different direction. Um, you know, they had Gareth Whittup there too. And so a lot of people thought that was going to be a match made in heaven and, and that they were really going to fire up. And, and and it just hasn't worked the way a lot of people were expecting. You know, Benny just has not, it just hasn't clicked there, I think, the way they thought. And and, and that, that surprised me because I do like Ben Hunt as a player. I think the guy really has a lot of, you know, heck, you don't play origin if you're not a good player. And Ben Hunt's played in origin. Um, so that tells you all you need to know about the guy. There's so much strange things coming out of out of Illawarra and St. George that there's even rumor that that he's looking about going back to Brisbane. Now, come on. I don't know why anybody would want to go back to Brisbane right now. I, I cannot believe a team like the Brisbane Broncos, and that would be like your New York Yankees in America. That would be like your Dallas Cowboys uh, here in the States. But a team like Brisbane to be just holding their bed, their head above water, to be from getting the wooden spoon, you better hope that the Bulldogs, Brisbane, you better hope the Bulldogs continue to somehow find ways to to lose, no matter how hard they play, 
because you guys are about ready to get your first wooden spoon. And and I got to tell you, of the two teams, Canterbury plays a hell of a lot tougher football than Brisbane does. And that's and they've got half the, the weapons that they have up in Brisbane. But, you know, that leads me to, I guess, my third part of the coaching carousel, and that is the job up in Brisbane. Like, are, are we really being serious? Are we really being serious? Wayne Bennett has the Rabbitohs in the top eight. And I'm going to tell you, Clint Eastwood is talking about going back to Brisbane. And I, I, I still can't get my head around this. And I, you know, you hear that from a lot of the pundits down in Australia saying this over and over again. Rugby league's a crazy game. And it is. Because if you would have told me the way that they ran Wayne Bennett out of town up in Brisbane, for him to be thinking about going back there and for the administration for Brisbane to backflip and to think that, let's just call Wayne home and he's just going to come there? Wow. I I can't believe it. And like I said, maybe these are just rumors to get, you know, the the, the rumor mill talking. Heck, you know, I'm, I'm half the world away and I'm talking about it, but... You know, if Wayne Bennett really goes back to Brisbane, I it'll it'll shock me more than maybe anything this year, especially how this well, what are we talking about, ladies and gentlemen? It's 2020. Should anything really shock us right now? Has anyone seen Godzilla yet? I've heard that he might be coming back on shore in, in Tokyo, but you know, would it really surprise us if he did? Um But yeah, so that's that's my coaching carousel for my 2020. Uh you know, I, I just can't get my head around a lot of it. Now, I don't know how that jumped over. I felt the tremor over here. I think you probably did at home, too. Ladies and gentlemen, that tremor was Sonny Bill Williams coming back on the field. That's right. S-B-W. Making his dramatic reemergence back down at Bondi. That's right, SBW is now a Sydney Rooster. And I, I, I have the privilege to say that I watched his last match live at the 2013 Grand Final uh, with the Sydney Roosters uh, when they beat Manly. And SBW actually almost came up into my section of the crowd. Um, it, the, man is, the man is mesmerizing. I got to tell you something, you know, he looks like a model. He's built like a Greek Adonis. And he's a straight-up baller. He boxes. He plays union. He plays league. Uh, I, I, I don't know what he... Well, wait a second. I always go back to the crochet league, don't I? I don't know if he can crochet. And that is something I tell you we need to find out. But Sonny Bill Williams coming back the way... I'm saying the guy hadn't played a game all year in the in the NRL. Played a little bit of footy, I guess you could call that, with the Toronto Wolfpack. Wolfpack, I hope you make it to the Super League next year. But this guy gets his own commercial on Fox League. Gets his own commercial. And he still hasn't run out on the paddock. He hasn't run out on the pitch. He hasn't run out on the field. That is what this guy brings. They said that Sonny Bill Williams, 14 minutes of hectic running around, I'm going to tackle anybody on the field, that he generated $34 million for the NRL. $34 million. I'm not doing the math. I, I, I'm skilled in a lot of areas, but I can't give you what that breaks down per minute to do $34 million. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't think I'm ever going to pull that off. That is incredible. But the guy 
the guy is just, he's an enigma. And I, you know, I, I was waiting, you know, he didn't, he didn't run on the, he didn't run on the field till the 20 minute mark of the game. <laughs> and he was probably gassed out by the, with, with about eight minutes to go. But, um, it was, it was incredible. It was theater. It, that game on Saturday night was theater. And I think no matter what sport you watch, that is what we watch sport for, is for entertainment. And the buildup for SBW to run out on the field and to watch everything the guy did but besides take a bathroom break, they had the cameras, they had one camera on him nonstop just to see if, if he was throwing the ball correctly. I'm saying SBW had coverage uh, like we probably haven't seen. There won't be coverage like that for the two candidates running for president of the United States. And that might be good for some of us, but still, that's how impressive that was, the, the coverage that, that SBW got this weekend. And I'm going to tell you, he's only going to get better. Um, he's got that nonchalance about him. And I'm telling you, the Roosters are getting healthy now. And that is going to be... The Roosters, are, to me, are the only team that are, are standing between Penrith and winning the Premiership this league this year and and I and I still have my money on the champ because like the great Ric Flair would say woo to be the man you gotta beat the man and they haven't beat the man yet so um, my money's still on the roosters to take this um, but Penworth will fight Penworth will fight and uh, we will see um, excitement ladies and gentlemen because I know we all like all-stars all around the pitch all around the field no matter what sports you like and I promised you something, and I'm, I deliver on my promises. Yeah, I deliver on my promises. That's right, I said it. Top guns. Guns, everybody. Guns. My top guns, again, I, you know, Campbelltown, Tigers Nation, I'm not done with you yet. We're going to talk in more detail a little bit. But my top gun this week is David Nafaluma. It's one thing to play when you have everything to play for, when you're trying to get into the top four, when you know that no team has won the premiership, has won the championship, has, has lifted the trophy in the NRL that has not been a top four finishing side. We know that. We know these figures, and that's why these guys are playing like hell to get into the top four. Canterbury is right on the outside. Excuse me, Canterbury is right on the outside. The Raiders are right there. Ricky Sticky, Sticky will get them there. Um, or they'll be right close because I, I just don't think they've got the firepower to make the top four this year. I think that's probably a done deal with who we've got right now. But to play the game with passion, to play the game with fire, and to show up week in and week out when deep down you know you're not making the finals again for nine years. The last time the West Tigers were in the final. Donald Trump was still saying, you fired. And that, to me, I will go back to that anytime. But David Nafaluma had three tries this weekend. The Tigers scored 16 points in the last nine minutes to somehow, somehow beat Manly at, Brook, at Brookie. Fortress Brookie has not been a fortress this year. And, and Manly, I know that you guys are really having it tough over there with the injuries to Turbo. and But... To give up 16 points in the last nine minutes, that just that just doesn't happen. And watching Desi in the box, you know he he was going like, you know, this is what do I say? You know, I I can't yell at the guys, 
but I can't believe what I'm seeing either. But David Nafaluma scored three tries this weekend. He had, and and he's just always dependable. And and he's played week in and week out with that passion. He's, you know, rumors come up that Josh Adokars is is trying to come back to Sydney, and I think that's going to be a done deal. The question is where he goes. But there was a rumor coming out that David Nafaluma might be traded to Melbourne. Oh yeah, the Storm need more firepower. But David Nafaluma might be traded to get Josh Adokar to come back to the Tigers. You hear how I said back to the Tigers? And that's because the Tigers have found a way to lose the Fox. And we won't talk about everyone else right now. Trust me, I'm not done with this, this topic. But for the Tigers to even think, to even, to even mull that in their heads... You know what? Let's get rid of David Nafaluma. David Nafaluma has been a foundation with that club. And somehow Madge found a way to put him down to play for the Magpies last year for almost half the season. And for the way that this man is, he is leading the NRL in tries right now. For a team that that is going nowhere, that two of their over-million-dollar players... We're doing something in the parking lot. I know the only thing they weren't doing was sitting with their teammates in the crowd this weekend. And if you want to look that story up, go ahead. I'm not even going to touch that right now. But the David Nafaluma, again, scored three tries, led the Tigers back to a victory for a team that we're pretty much sure that Tigers' favorite number is nine. And they're probably going to finish in ninth again. And if we know that the top eight make it, you know what that means. The Tigers are not making the finals again. Let's go for 10 years straight. But this guy is Tiger blood through and through. He played his junior footy in Campbelltown. He is Tiger through and through. So David Nafaluma, you are a gun in my, in my eyes. And you've been a gun for a long time. And you should have never been sat down last year. And, and keep giving him fire. And, my, and, and I'm going to tell you something. To play the game the way you do and for your hair not to move, it's incredible. And, you know, I don't know what product to use, my man, but you are a gun. Number two, not as difficult, James Teddy Tedesco. You know, when Sonny Bill finishes a game, and we talked about Sonny earlier, SBW, but when Sonny finishes a game and talks about you, that's pretty, that's pretty special. But Teddy had two tries. He had 234 total meters. 26 kicking meters. And that's not even talking about the way the guy can just change the momentum of, of the game. You know, playing fullback, you cannot make mistakes. You always have to be in position. You always have to be ready for the offload. You always have to just, you are the heartbeat of that spine because you just have to move and you have to be able to read the game. And and Teddy is the best at that right now. I'm saying RTS, Roger Tuvasashek, doesn't have the same type of firepower that Teddy does. But those two guys are the staple, the benchmark in the game. And, and, and right now, Teddy is the best. He's easily leading the Roosters to where we possibly could talk about them going for the three-peat this year. And Teddy, uh, you know, I'm not telling you, if you're, if you're a footy fan, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Teddy, to James Tedesco is 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 probably the 
he's probably, I'm going to say, he's right there with Nathan Cleary for being the best players in the game. And I think the only people that hate me saying that right now are uh, the Maroons up in Queensland because state of origin, those Blues are looking tough because both these guys are playing incredible footy. So James Tedesco is my number two gun for this week. Now, it is very easy to to, to pick guys up on top because it would be easy for me to say Nathan Cleary is my number three gun, um, you know, or you know any of these players are, that are in the top four, Cameron Smith, you know, Cameron Munster. That would be easy. My number three gun this week, and it was tough because he was right there with another player. And I told you guys that I was I was only going to pick uh, my top three guns. And you no, know, it is my show. If I want to go four, I'll go four. But I'm doing three this week. My number three gun is Gotet, is Katoni Staggs up in Brisbane. And I know, I know, I know you're going to say, all right, mate, didn't you just say seven to ten minutes ago that the Brisbane Broncos are a dumpster fire? They are. Brisbane, this is the season that if you're a true Broncos fan, you're going to act like never happened. Um, and it's the season that your buddies that hate the Broncos will always try to point to to bring back your misery. So that's going to be fun to watch that type of interaction. But Katoni Staggs has shown something up in Brisbane that really nobody has been able to show, and that's leadership. He's a young guy, and week in and week out, he plays just great footy. And, you know, he had a try, two goal kicks, two line breaks, six tackle breaks, 20 tackles, and 128 total meters this week. And they lost again. But to show that type of fight, and the guy wants to be in Brisbane, unlike David Fafita, and I think David Fafita was really was really challenged um, this season about where he was going to sign, and he ends up picking Gold Coast, which I think was a smart choice on his part. But for Tony Staggs to play the footy that he that he's been playing this year. And he's had some off-field um, situations this year um, that, that again, a lot of players would have checked out because of having some things, um, you know, held over his head. But Katoni Sack has just played. I, you know, personally, I may not have the mustache. That's me. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand people with the mustache. Um, a little inside joke, but I'm sorry. I had to say it. But... But Katoni Staggs has a little bit of a mustache, and and um, but he's a player, man. I, I I love to watch him play. I think a lot of teams that are not in the top eight wish they had their their own Katoni Staggs guys that just they're not afraid to get in front of the mic. They're not afraid to speak their mind. They're 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 willing to say, you know what, things aren't going aren't going well. But guess what? I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to continue to fight. And I'm going to continue to show up week in and week out. And guess what? We lose. I'll be back next week. We lose. I'll be at training on Monday. We lose. And guess what? I'm going to let people know in the sheds what we've got to do to change it. Um, so to Tony Staggs, uh, you know, shout out to you. Because, my friend, um, you've shown a lot of heart up there in Brisbane in a very, very, very tough season. So um, so that's that's my top three. And and I'll just say my honorable mention was, was Chanel Harris-Tavita. Uh, I, I'm still not, Chanel, I'm, I'm still not used to seeing you without the samurai bun on top of your head, but um, you're my honorable mention too, again, in a losing cause, but I think you, watching you coming in into your own um, this year, 
Um, I think that you are definitely one of the futures of, of that Warriors team going forward. Um, so that's going to be fun to watch, and I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that because I think the Warriors are going to have a pretty good season next year. I think they just came out of the box really, 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 really slow, and 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 that really, you know, in a shortened season like this, you just couldn't do it. I, th- I think that you just, you just can't really get on, and I think they're just going to be outside. I think they're going to probably finish 10th this year. Um, trust me, trust me, trust me, Warrior Nation. The Tigers will give you every ability to finish in ninth, um, which we'll we'll find out a little bit more tonight because tonight's match to start off the round, you know, is is going to be the Tigers against South Sydney, South Sydney, David Lindsay, South Sydney. Um, yeah, so I, I don't even really know what to say because I don't know who's really going to show up for this game tonight. I, I know the Bunnies have a lot to play for. Um, the Tigers, I guess, can continue to can, can excuse me, could continue to try to hold serve, and I guess hope that the 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 Sharkies break down a little bit, and so that maybe I, I don't know that they never have to play the lottery again because if they would get into the top eight, uh, I wouldn't buy a ticket for the rest of your life because you're not winning it again. You've already won the lottery, but I think we all know that that's probably not happening. But um, for whatever reason, the Tigers give the Bunnies a tough match every time they play. Um, and I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch tonight. Um, but but again, who knows? I, I really have no idea what to expect from this game tonight. I, I think it'll be entertaining footy. I think the teams will go at it. Um, but I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Now, I know you guys, a lot of, a lot of my AFL fans are probably going, mate, that was a lot of talk about the NRL um, and no mention about me. Well, I haven't forgot about you guys. Um, I know, I know that the season is really winding down and pretty much, you know, I guess the eighth position is really, really kind of in the balance for whatever reason, greater Western Sydney, they sure don't seem like they want to play playoff footy this year. They just seem to me like they're checked out and, and you got a team like the dogs, the bulldog, the Western bulldogs are right there sniffing and you don't want a bulldog ever sniffing if you know what i mean ladies and gentlemen you don't ever want a bulldog sniffing around you you don't know what he's going to do next but the bulldogs are right there and i think that i really feel the bulldogs are going to get in that eighth spot um i don't think we're going to see any magic like 2016 where they're going to come back um out from outside the the top 4 and and lift the the trophy at the end of the season but i just think that the the, the dogs are playing with a lot more fight than greater western sydney and I think um, when it's all said and done, the dogs could get in there and really cause some problems and just make it difficult um, for, for any teams that really come up against them. Um, the top four, I think, are, are really in place. I think the, the benchmark team this season so far has been Port Adelaide, the power. Uh, and so, you know, I, I really think that top four set. And I really think looking at those teams uh, in the top four, you know, you got the Tigers up there. As long as they, you know, don't go to any spas or, you know, get late night kebabs after going to... Listen, if you're going to anything called Hollywood after 12 o'clock, it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Let alone go to a place that's got Hollywood in the title and then get a kebab at 2 or 3 a.m., it's really not going to end well, either for your stomach or for your face. And you pick out which one that's going to be, but the Tigers are still right there, and I and I still think the Tigers are are knocking on the door. I think, truthfully, 
I think Richmond is the only squad that truthfully can beat Port Adelaide to win the Premiership. I know Brisbane, uh, the Lions have had a great season. They probably got the Daily M. Uh, excuse me. They yeah. They probably have got the Brownlow. I apologize. Look at me. That's what happens when you switch codes too quickly. But you, they probably got the Brownlow medalist um, up in Brisbane this year with the Lions. So, you know, I would probably say that that truthfully, there are one or two seasons away from really being right there. They're a young, young, young team. And Geelong is Geelong. The the hoops are always going to make it difficult for everybody or for anyone they play. But I just think that Richmond and Port Adelaide are the teams that, to me, are 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 going to be one or two are going to win the win the trophy this year, uh, win the flag. So um, that's my say on that. And next week we're going to go into a little bit more in depth detail because we're about we're 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 a lot closer to knocking on the playoffs for the AFL than we are the NRL. We've got we've got a few weeks left for the NRL, but playoff football is is right around right around the corner and. Um, you know, the two codes have been finding that out because there's been tension between the NRL and the AFL too. Um, you know, with, with the AFL holding the grand final up at the GABA this year. Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know, the, the both, both teams, both, both codes have talked a little trash back and forth uh, about one, the AFL kind of doing a little invasion to Queensland and the NRL saying, mate, don't you ever forget Queensland's league country. So we'll see how that turns out, but but we'll be talking a lot more uh, AFL next week, uh, going into the finals and going into the playoffs. Now the next next segment is the outside the bubble, and and I told you guys that even though this this podcast is primarily to talk about you know the NRL and the AFL and and a lot of the sports down under, I told you guys that we're going to talk about a lot of different things, and um, and that. Outside the bubble is is our chance to kind of spread our wings out a little bit and just to 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 look at all of the 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 sports landscape. So I kind of talked earlier as we 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 started out about the NBA playoffs and my thing that I I wanted I just want to bring to attention. You know they're 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 trying to put Benji Marshall and Cam Smith in their graves being thirty five and thirty six years old. The best player in the NBA is a 35-year-old man by the name of LeBron James. And I know that they've been trying to, you know, the MVP was given to Giannis last year, and the Greek freak is a hell of a player. But I watched LeBron play last night against the Rockets, and that guy may be 35 years old, but he's the best player on the floor. And it's not even close. He plays defense, he can't be stopped offensively. It's it is, you know. I've heard some people say that forty is the new thirty-five, with how professional athletes know how to eat, how to sleep properly, how to keep their minds right. Um, and I hope everybody out there is trying to stay sane during this time. Again, we we I know we 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 listen to a lot of podcasts, watch a lot of shows to get our minds off of what we're dealing with. But but please don't ever run away from. Um, if you're feeling if you're feeling strange about yourself or just feeling a little strange, um, find your friends and reach out. But LeBron, personally to me, is he may be that once once in a generation guy to see um, because I know a lot of people still they still say uh, that Michael is still the best player ever in NBA history, and 
I would say up till about two seasons ago, I probably still said that too. But I'm going to tell you something. Michael wasn't doing what LeBron's doing at the age of 35. Michael wasn't on the, on the cusp of winning another championship at the age of 35. LeBron James, if he plays with what he has and wins a championship this year and goes through the Clippers uh, or Denver and comes and beats either um, either one of the teams out of the East this year, LeBron James, to me, is probably the greatest player to play in the NBA. And I'm going to say that right now. If he wins a championship, and he wins a championship at three different locations, he's won one in Cleveland, and you remember so much about Cleveland now. Sorry, Chad Townsend, about saying that. I know you're a Browns fan and all. But but no one talks about Cleveland after LeBron leaves. No, no one talks about Cleveland, except Cleveland is, you know, okay, we'll just leave that alone. I'm going to leave you alone, Cleveland. Who knows? Maybe you'll win the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, anyway. But anyway, um, no one's talked about Cleveland since LeBron's left. And he wins a championship there. He goes to Miami. He wins a championship there. And if he goes to L.A., that means he's won a championship in all three time zones here in America. He's won on Eastern time zone. He's won on Central time zone. And he's won one now on Pacific time zone. He's won it with three different clubs. And that is incredible. And I, and I think the only reason that he, if he does not win it, is because he really doesn't have a lot of, you know, if Rondo plays the way that Rondo is capable of playing like he did in the last game, you know, who knows? You know, but but he hasn't had that. Anthony Davis is a big guy. He's got all the all he's got all the potential in the world, but Anthony Davis plays good one game, kind of is there the next game. Plays good one game, kind of plays good the next game. He's not the imposing big physical presence that I think a lot of people want him to be and that he should be. He's more of a finesse big guy, and, and hey, nothing against that. But sometimes you got to muck it up and get in the trenches and get nasty. And I think that that's something that Anthony Davis has been missing. Um, and I think for the, for the Lakers to really go in there and to dominate and to win, Anthony Davis is going to have to play that way. Because um, that'll take some of the pressure off LeBron. And they've been trying to call him the big two forever. And they've been trying to always say, well, you know, Anthony Davis probably is the best player in the Lakers. And ladies and gentlemen, that is utter, mm, edit for television, insert your own word. Because that's not the fact. That's not the case. LeBron James is still the best player on the Los Angeles Lakers. And if they win the championship, it will be because of LeBron James. Now he's going to need help, yes. But LeBron James is that guy. And my God, he's looking like he wants to be that guy. And I think this championship means a lot to him and for the Lakers um, with it being the year that the great Kobe Bryant has passed away. So that's going to be something fun to watch. Uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, is my number two. And and I, I don't want to talk bad about a young guy. I think Giannis is still just getting his feet underneath him a little bit. And I know he hasn't had a lot of the help that a lot of teams have. I'm saying he, he's got maybe 25% of what the Warriors have at Golden State. or um, he, just, you know, he just doesn't have a lot of the tools around him. But the Greek Freak was the MVP of the league last year and didn't bring home any hardware. And this year, they get knocked out by Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, and the Miami Heat. The number one seed's gone in the NBA. And again, Giannis is out of the playoffs. And 
I don't think that, you know, your legacy is is set up in the first three to five years of, of you playing professional sports. But here's the real question, Shedheads. The real question is, if Gianna stays in Milwaukee, or if the money lures him to Golden State, Miami, to one of the big clubs, one of the t- clubs that have the money to pay him. And I'm going to tell you something. The Golden State Warriors are going to be hungry. The Golden State Warriors are going to be dangerous. The Golden State Warriors, they've got bad intentions next year for the whole rest of the league. And if they could get their hands on the Greek freak, wow, I I, I don't even know what to say about that. that, that that's a coup, for one. But Giannis, Giannis has now opened up a lot of talk. Um, I don't think it's a talk about heart, but I just don't think... I just don't think that that's MVP stuff that I've seen. I know that he's played well in the regular season, but to me, I, I I think that a lot of these trophies that are given out like that should take in all of the playoffs. Because to me, if you win your conference during the regular season and, and you lose in round one of the playoffs, does anybody remember who won number one? Who was the uh, who who was the you know the the number one seed in the NBA? Four years ago from the West or the East? No. Nobody ever remembers that. People remember trophies. People remember trophies. And so Giannis still has nothing. He's got the MVP, but no one really calls anybody the MVP unless you're the finals MVP. So I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of soul searching that's coming Giannis' way because I think this next contract that he's gonna sign and where he signs it at is really going to be the foundation for his legacy. Does he really think that he can come out of the East and win a championship for what Milwaukee is surrounding him with? And I and I don't, you know, I'm going to try to keep this a sports podcast, but there's been some stuff going on in Wisconsin, if you haven't been looking um, at the news lately, that you better be careful with today's athletes because today's athletes are very much paying attention to the places, the cities they're living, the areas they're living, and the ownership that owns the clubs that they're playing for. And I'm wondering if the Packers, the Brewers, a lot of these professional clubs, and I know money is money, everybody. You know, green is the only color a lot of people think about. But you wonder if if some of the things that have been happening in these different states in America are going to affect where players sign. And so does that mean that Giannis hasn't been paying attention to what's been happening in Wisconsin, and does he stay? Because that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, Shedheads, that is going to be a major factor in what this guy does. I, trust me when I say that. And it's not, it's not going to stop with Giannis. A lot of players will be thinking what they're going to do when they sign a contract from where they live. So, Giannis... I'm happy not to be you, my friend, to make these decisions that are coming up. But heal up, big fella, because I, I don't think I don't think anybody wants to see a, an athlete and a player as great as you uh, defend your, to finish your season injured like you had to. But um, um, I would not want to be you with these decisions that are coming up. And finally, for my outside the bubble talk, we're going to talk about the game in America, and that game is American football, gridiron. To you over in Australia, in New Zealand. 
The NFL starts up tomorrow. And we just don't start off the NFL tomorrow with a, a ho-hum game. And the Thursday night games are usually laughed at because you get subpar teams playing and you're kind of like, eh, am I going to watch the Thursday night game? But I'm going to tell you something. This game tomorrow to kick off the NFL season could be the, 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 the preview of the, AFL, of the AFC final coming up. Um, and we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. And ladies and gentlemen, please, Shedheads, go and look at the rings that the Chiefs are going to be, that, that, they, that they've been given for winning the Super Bowl last year. The, these rings, these rings are, are more valued than a, a entry-level salary for a lot of professional players. It is incredible, this ring that the Chiefs are getting tomorrow. Um, but the Texans and the Chiefs, Deshaun Watson... And the Houston Texans against Patty Mahomes in his new contract of four hundred plus million dollars go head to head tomorrow night. I am excited for this game, um, just for the standpoint that I, I, these guys are fun to watch. Mahomes and Watson. I don't know what type of football we're going to get. Truthfully, um, there's been no preseason games. We don't know what practices have consisted of, um, and it scares me. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I know this is segueing away from what I'm saying. I'm scared because the NFL is a high-contact game where guys have pads on, unlike the NRL, unlike the AFL, and to hit somebody at full force with pads on and with a helmet, um, I really don't know if these guys' bodies are 100% ready for the contact that they're going to go through, um, and I think kind of like what we saw this year at the NRL, we could see a lot of injuries this year. Heck, Von Miller got hurt today uh, at practice. Excuse me, uh, yesterday at practice, and his season's done. I'm saying, sorry, Denver Broncos, but Von Miller just goes down with season-ending surgery probably for his ankle. That's your best defensive player, and the season hasn't even kicked off yet. You haven't even played game one, and your best defensive player is gone. So... That worries me because the joints, you know, you can say you're a badass, but your ankle might be saying you need another four weeks. And so we're going to see the injuries. I think we're going to see injuries like we've never seen before in the NFL this year. And that's sad because a lot of times injuries that happen in professional football uh, over here, professional NFL, um, sometimes can be career-ending injuries. And no one wants to see that. I don't care if they're on a team you can't stand. Um you just don't want to see athletes not go out on their own terms. and But I, I think we're going to see some injuries this year that um, like we haven't seen before. But um, but back to this game tomorrow. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a great game just for the standpoint that these guys have not been able to do any contact with any other teams. And so, you know, I, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping this is just going to be a lights out, you know, 35-28 shootout um, with a game-winning drive uh, to, to win it. Uh, I do tip the Chiefs to win this thing tomorrow. I think the Chiefs are getting ready to go on a ride. And I mean a long ride. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to say that there's going to be a rivalry with the Patriots and the amount of rings that they're going to win. But I think we're going to see Kansas City on top for quite a while. I think the changing the guard has come into play. And I think... 
Um, the AFC will go through Kansas City from this point forward for a while to come. So the NFL kicks off tomorrow. So that's going to be exciting, and that's something that definitely is what I would call outside the bubble. Outside the bubble. You know, I want to end positive, and we can always end positive, but I'm going to sometimes throw in something I call the biff. And if a lot, a lot of people will be excited when they say that, when I say that, if you know footy, AFL, um, NRL, the biff is a straight-up fight. It's getting knocked out sometimes. And my biff right now is with the West Tigers. Tiger fans, what you've had to live through for the last nine years of no, no finals is tough. And I, and I know that it is not easy to not make it to the playoffs. Um, but when you look around the league and you see the players that should be wearing the golden black, the orange and black, playing for other clubs that, that the Tigers let go, did not re-sign, it, it's, got, it's got to make you sick to your stomach. And, I, and I, I'll just go over some of them right now. James Tedesco, Ryan Pappenhausen, Mitchell Moses, Aaron Woods. We just, you know, you can continue to just keep going down the list. But to really think still that Luke Brooks, who's still not played one game in the finals yet, everybody, the man that they said was the second coming of Andrew Johns. But to say that we're going to still follow this guy, and this guy is our future. I don't know what Michael McGuire and Justin Pascoe were thinking. And after this season, when you let Benji Marshall go at $300,000 to keep the grub, and somehow, I, I hey, Josh Reynolds, this is nothing against you. Because I always say, athletes, if you can get that money, you take that money. But for Josh Reynolds to be making over $800,000, And to sign that type of contract or to offer that type of contract to him when he was coming off an injury at the Bulldogs. But to let Benji walk out the door, a guy who will go down probably as the greatest player to play in the history of the West Tigers, who's only going to be $300,000 off your books, but to let him go to keep Josh Reynolds at $800,000, and I know that you've got to find somebody to take you got to find somebody to, 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 to buy him, someone to take that off, off of you. But I think you're going to have to understand that you're going to have to pay some of that contract for somebody to take Josh Reynolds off your hands. But for Josh Reynolds to kind of pull the stunt that he did by leaving at halftime of the Tigers match this weekend, you know, I, we've all played, if you're listening to this podcast, if you like sports, we've all played sports in some capacity. You have to be there for your team. You have to be there. I don't, I, you know, even if you feel that you should be starting and playing, you have to finish and stay there for your club. 
and for Josh Reynolds and Russell Packer to leave at halftime. And those guys are over a million dollars, I think 1.5 million combined salaries to walk on your team. There's not many organizations that wouldn't put you to the chop block after doing something like that. But to me, this this is a bigger problem than just those guys doing this. This is this is the administration of the West Tigers making bad decisions with personnel. For a rumor to even get out there that David Nafaluma would be traded for the Fox, and I told you earlier, the Fox was a Tiger again, so just put his name on that list too. But for you guys to make these decisions one after the other, after the other, after the other, and to think of the team that we would have with these players that have left, and, I, and there's more than just the ones I mentioned. What, what, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And the rumor that Madge has lost the locker room, I know that you hear pundits again talk about, you know, Madge is going to build defense. You know, Madge, Madge, Madge. Listen, a club is bigger than just a coach. A club is, is bigger than just an owner. A club is everybody. It's your players. It's upper management. It's coaching. And if you're not all on the same page, you're not going anywhere. You know where you're going to go? Nine years of non-final football. That's where you're going to go. And you're going to be a joke to a lot of people that aren't your fans. A lot of people, it's a snicker, it's a laugh. Tigers are in ninth again. And to hear that week in, year in, and year out is so disenchanting. But I'll tell you this right now. Unlike a lot of sports in America, unlike a lot of sports in the world, for an NRL club, an AFL club, to be in the non-black, it needs members. It needs people to invest in the club. It needs They need you to buy memberships. And to, and to follow blind faith and just continue to give clubs money that make bad decisions from the top down is helping them stay in power and helping them continue to make bad decisions. So if you want to affect a club, you affect their pocketbook. And you don't give them that money. You don't renew your membership. And I know that's tough because some people will say that's not you being loyal. But is it, is it really being loyal to just give money year in and year out when you're not getting the product on the field that you think you deserve? That's a question you need to ask yourself. And that's not for me to tell you, but I'm going to say something right now. My dollars better count. And I better see production. And I better see something where I'm going, this is going in the right direction. And, and, and let me tell you something, Tigers. If you really feel, Tiger fan, that the club is going the right direction, I might want to look, you might want to look at yourself in the mirror. Because I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. But we need more than just David Nafaluma and a, and a handful of other players to somewhat show up. But putting players in wrong positions, letting Corey Thompson go for nothing, and then finding out, well, maybe we should have kept him. It's just, it's, 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 it's very, very frustrating. 
um, to watch a club that has such loyal fans get again another ninth place finish. Um, so hopefully next year is better for the Tigers. I just don't see it right now. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Folks, I got to tell you something. This has been a great, great podcast today. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I hope that uh, you did as well. Definitely leave some notes, leave some messages, reach out to me. Let me know you're out there, Shedheads. Let me know if there's something you want me to talk about. I promise to answer any emails that you send. Uh, You might not like always the response I give you, but I promise you I'll answer them. But uh, again, this is Corey Jackson. This has been Outside the Sheds. And like I say, stay out of trouble. And if you don't, just don't get caught. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 